Good morning. <laughs> if I was in Malawi, I would say, Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, so first of all, I would like to thank God for this opportunity that is given me that I can be here, uh, join you to celebrate what God is doing here. It was so much a blessing to me to be with you last Sunday, together Sunday, where the picture of all nations coming together and worshiping God became clear. So I was very excited to be part of that. And also I'm having a good time uh, with lots of things doing in terms of you knowing the church better, having meetings with the church leadership. And so it's good and I'm so excited. I bring greetings from my family. They are well, just spoke to my wife this morning, everything is fine. Uh, greetings from the church that I lead, uh, City Christian Center. Spoke to one of the elders yesterday and uh, yeah, things are under control, so we thank God for that. <laughs> also, greetings from our sister church in Pensulo. It's called PCC, Pensulo Christian Center, led by uh, our dear Alan, and uh, also things are okay there, so we praise God for that. Yes, I'm so excited to come and uh, speak the word of God this morning to you, and um, I'll be speaking from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, and um, so... Let's let's go to that text, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, Rejoice! There is an exclamation mark at the end, so that's why I'm trying to shout. So (laughs) I emphasize the point that there is an exclamation mark. To me, it tells me, come on, there is an emphasis there. It says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be not actions for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, this life is full of choices. I have gathered that uh, there are three services here. So people choose which one to go to. You have chosen to come to this one. Others will come for the 11 o'clock one. Others will come in the evening service. They will have to make a choice, just like you made a choice to be here in this service. What am I trying to say is that uh, it's a fact. Whether we like it or not, we live in a world where we do make choices. And so, reading through this text, I would like to share with you this morning one of the choices I believe can help you, can help me to enjoy our Christian walk, and that is to choose to live on the joyful side of life. Choosing to live on the joyful side of life. The book that we've just read from was written by Paul, and Paul's writing from prison. He was in a prison cell. I don't know how those prison circumstances were, but if you ask me about home, it's not a pleasant place to be, right? You'd expect people outside to come and see you, and visit you, and cheer you up, and pray with you, because actually Jesus said, I was in prison and you came to see me. But we find here the people outside being encouraged by someone who is in prison. Why am I saying this? Chapter 1 of 7, it says, It is right for me, this is Paul writing, to feel this way about all of you, since I am in chains. 
So this man is in chains, but he is able to encourage people outside. Why are you saying, I feel like this? If you read down verses 3 up to 6, I'll just highlight some of the things that he's trying to say, why he's feeling like that. He says, I thank God every time I remember you, although I'm in prison, but when I remember you out there, I am thanking God. He says, I pray for you with joy. Not just praying, but praying with joy. Although I am in the prison cell, I have the joy of praying for you. And he says, I am confident that he who began the good work in you will complete it to the end. So even though I am in prison, I may not come out and see you, but one thing I am confident of is God who began the good work in you will complete it to the end. He is telling the people that are outside. You see, if you read in Acts chapter 16, we get a picture that this guy and his colleague Silas, they're in prison. Others are wondering what's going on. Maybe they're grumbling, they're complaining. The Bible tells us the two, actually, at midnight, they began to pray and sing hymns to God. Right in the difficult situations, they're standing out and praising God. What does this mean to us? I think, number one, Paul is trying to encourage us that no matter what kind of situation we may be, which could be difficult in our understanding, difficult in our human perspective, but with God, you can choose to be joyful under those circumstances. He says, rejoice in the Lord, verse 4. And he says, again I'll say it, rejoice. To me, it feels like it's a command. You have no option. Come on, rejoice. And so he's encouraging us to, to rejoice. And I think he has the right to say that because he is speaking to the people that are outside enjoying other freedoms. He is in prison, but he's saying, I am rejoicing even though I am here. So you outside the prison, come on, rejoice. So joy is not dependent on the circumstances. If it were so, I don't think Paul would be rejoicing in the prison. He would not be, you know, thinking the way he is trying to think. But he knows these circumstances cannot hinder me from looking at the big picture. And that is God has a wonderful plan for my life. I don't care whether I'm in the prison. But that which God has ordained for me shall still be able to come to pass. If you want to be happy, yes, happiness is dependent on circumstances. I am happy. I am married. I am happy. God has given me children. People are happy they have passed the exams if they're students, maybe with flying cars. People are happy because they've achieved some things in life. They are happy. They have all sorts of things. They are happy they're driving their dream car. Right? They are happy they're living in a house which they thought this is, yeah, our dream house. You can be happy, yes. But when things become tough, those things cannot help you. That is happiness. I would rather encourage you, choose joy. Because even if those things are taken away from you, joy still remains. And you can praise God even in those circumstances. So don't be disturbed about the difficult things that you may be going through. Be encouraged that the Lord knows and is going to see you through. As I said, Paul decided to praise God right in the prison. By the way, the word rejoice comes from the Hebrew word halah, where we get the English word hallelujah, which simply means to praise the Lord, to boast about the Lord, to celebrate the Lord. So when Paul is saying, 
Rejoice. He's actually saying, come on, celebrate what God is doing in your life. Forget about these other things. You know, count your blessings one by one. Now, when you look at what God has done, that surpasses all the other things that you think are disturbing you. Right? So you have the, you know, the, 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 the audacity to say, yes, I'll praise the Lord, even though things seem not to be okay, physically speaking. So regardless of whatever may be bothering you, I want to encourage you this morning, choose to boast about what the Lord is doing in your life, in your church. Choose to celebrate the good things the Lord is doing in your life, in the life of this church. Yes, choose to be cheerful. Cheer up! <laughs> this life is not easy. Jesus never promised us that it's going to be easy, did he? He didn't. He didn't. He says, in this world, you shall have trouble. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Yes. Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. So if the great I am is living in me, I don't care what is surrounding me. All I know is the Lord is in control and I'm going to rejoice in him. Amen? Amen. 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 That's how we do it in Africa. <laughs> you choose to praise God, not because of those circumstances that are not good. No, that would be lying. You can't be saying I'm happy or these things, I'm being disturbed. Okay, no, 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 no. But you choose rejoice because you know those things cannot hinder the promises of God upon your life. Yeah? There are challenges, yes. But James says count it all joy. Didn't he say that? Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And he says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. I think these things help us to grow and mature in our faith. If those things don't come our way, sometimes we lose our dependence on God and we think everything we're doing is by ourselves. Well, it's my intelligence. That's how I got an A. Or it's this because that's it. I have a good job. That's why I'm having this. No way. It is God's doing. You could have got sick and not write those exams and fail. But God gave you the grace to prepare, study, and do well. So, the good thing is, we are being cheerful, not in these things, because these things are temporary. The possessions we have in this world are temporary. Yeah, people are rich in this world, yes, but when they die, they're not put in that casket, all those things that they've acquired in this world. No way. They are leaving them behind. You came without anything, you're going back with nothing. So, these things should not disturb us. These things should not disturb our focus on God. We ought to cheer up. The Bible says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. A broken spirit dries the bones. Free medicine. You don't have to pay for it. Cheer up. Cheer up. <laughs> cheer up. <laughs> when challenges come your way, you cheer up. I remember I, after graduating from the Bible college, I got a, a voluntary job. So they were giving me, at that time, half a pound, which was like 500 kwacha. And then they increased it to 1,000 kwacha, which was like one pound. And then they told me, ah, oh, our finances are not doing well, so go. I'm like, wow, okay. So I went home, meet my wife, excuse me, no more working voluntarily. We have to trust God. 
So do you know what I did? In those days we had the radio cassette and the uh, cassettes, I don't know whether you know them. <laughs> I said, let's have our, our worship music. So I put in the cassette, the music, I began to cheer and rejoice in the Lord. Not that I've lost that voluntary job, that I could be earning something to keep going, but that God will still see me through. This thing shall not by any means stop the promises of God upon my life. So let's cheer up. You see, somebody said, cheering up reduces stress hormones. So some of us are full of stress because we can't cheer up. It says, cheering increases resistance to infection and triggers release of endorphins. And they are saying these endorphins are the body's natural painkillers. And they produce a sense of well-being. So some of these stresses that we get is because we can't trust in the Lord. We think everything is crumbling. When we face difficult challenges, we're like, where are you, God? I don't want to encourage you. God is there. He's still in control. He knows what is going on. So cheer up. Laugh in the Lord. I like laughing in the Lord and just saying, devil, you're a liar. You think I can sit down because of this? No way, I'm moving on. Because I know the Lord has wonderful plans for my life. And I believe that's the attitude Paul is trying to encourage us. Rejoice in the Lord. Boast about what God is doing. Count your blessings one by one. Choose to be joyful. Number two, he says, pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer, supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So when the going gets tough, Paul commands us not to be anxious about anything. Well, it is somehow natural that Whenever something that is not right comes your way, ah, some anxiety comes your way. And we're like, how come Paul says, don't be anxious? Is that practical? Is that real? Are we not living in a fool's paradise and fooling ourselves that this cannot happen? But if you understand what Paul means there, you agree with me that, yeah, it is possible. Because what Paul is trying to communicate here is that uh, to be anxious is to have excessive care that distracts you. Yeah? So we shall be actions in one way or the other, but that anxiety should not reach those degrees where you are distracted from doing what God wants you to do, to actually begin to give up on your life. So avoid having excessive care, worry, to the extent of being distracted, to the extent of actually giving up on your life and thinking, ah, oh, God is not concerned about me. God is very much concerned about your life. God is very much concerned about you. He loves you unconditionally. So don't allow such thoughts to become so excessive as to cause destruction in your life, as to destroy your faith. It is possible. And so what Paul is saying, if that thing happens for one moment or the other, some anxiety comes in. He says, take it to the Lord in prayer. I've summed it as prayer because when he talks about supplication, for those that know, supplication is a kind of prayer. And actually, it's a prayer where you ask God to meet your specific needs. Thanksgiving is another prayer that you express your gratitude for what God is doing in your life. So, to sum it up, Paul is saying, let us pray when such moments come. When actions thoughts come, let us pray. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We sing a hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus all our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege we have 
to take everything to God in prayer. He says, is there trouble anywhere? Huh? Take it to the Lord in prayer. You see, Paul gives us an example. He was in prison, and as he begins the chapter, chapter 1 of Philippians, he says, I'm thanking God for you people. He's thanking God. He's praying to God with joy while in prison. As I already said, we also see him praying right there in the prison. And you know what happened? Miracles took place. If you read in Acts chapter 16, when they prayed, the Bible says the foundations of the prison were shaken. The chains were broken. Everybody, not only poor and silence, but everyone that was in the prison experienced the freedom. Because only two people decided we are not going to be complaining and crying here. No, we'll cheer up and say the Lord is good. He will see us through. Amen. Amen. So, when such moments come, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's have faith in God that he's able. And this morning we've sung very beautiful songs. Take our cares to God. Let's trust that the Lord is able to do it. Let's have faith in him. He is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. What he says comes to pass. Mark 11, 24, Jesus actually encouraged us to pray with faith. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. James says in 1, 1 to 6, but let him who ask, ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man supposes that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when I approach God, when you approach God in prayer, have that faith that the Lord will see you through. Faith is not denying the reality that the problem exists, but it is denying that uh, that problem shall have a permanent hold on your life. <laughs> Somebody said, it, a, a bird can land on your head and, you know, it is possible. But it will be a disaster to allow that bird to actually make a nest on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so things do happen. They will come, but we will not allow them to have a permanent hold on us. It's real. Remember, those that were there on Sunday, uh, Steve talked about facing the facts. That when you have faith, it's not that we are denying that. There is some facts that we can look at, and it's real. We're not living in an imaginary world. We're being real. But the difference is we have the faith that despite all these things, the Lord himself will see us through. So when challenges come your way, be certain that the Lord will provide a way out. He is so good. He will provide a way out. He's never promised that it's going to be easy. No. But he promises that he is going to be with us all the time. So when such moments come, cheer up, pray, take those things to the Lord in prayer. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, actually if you begin from verse 12, it says, let him who thinks he's standing, watch. Then 13 says, for no temptation has seized you, except what is common to man. So these things that we experience, they are common to everyone. That is where you are just depends on what exactly are the specifics. So it says, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Out of every temptation, out of every challenge, the Lord will provide 
a way out. That is faith. I have this problem, but I know the Lord will provide a way out. So what are you worried about? What concerns you? Money? <laughs> Houses? Looking for a life partner? Sometimes I see people have been here complaining about the roads. I'm like, you don't know what you're complaining about. Come to Malawi. <laughs> All I'm seeing is, wow, wow, wow. Until you are, whoa, you're complaining. Come on. <laughs> the first president of the country of Malawi once said, education is not only in classroom, but just traveling. You learn a lot of things. You get educated. Maybe come to Malawi, you may have some education on what it means to be anxious. Because there are so many things that actually disturb you. Families that can hardly have food. They go to church walking distances. But because they love the Lord, they'll still come to church. Sleeping on an empty stomach, yet they still rejoice and trust the Lord. So what concerns you? I want to encourage you, take it to the Lord in prayer. So life is full of choices, as I said there could be permanent choices that will affect your life forever, like the choice of trusting the Lord all the time, rejoicing the Lord all the time, taking things to the Lord in prayer is something that I think is something we must make as a choice that is going to affect the rest of our lives. But some choices are temporary. One day, JP took me to a supermarket, and I was like, wow. He says, grab anything for lunch. I'm like, wow, wow. Where do I start from? So many options and choices. But in the end, I still had to make a choice of what I had to take. We, that was a temporary choice for that particular day. So we do have you know, different choices that we make, whether permanent or temporary. But what is important is, let's look at the big picture. Choose to live on the joyful side of life. Do not allow your challenge to have a permanent hold upon your life. When you do that, God promises us that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. You will not be wondering in your thoughts, living in the wonder world and saying, what's going on? You will know exactly what God is doing in your life. If you choose to live on the joyful side of life, as I said, you will enjoy the peace from God. People will wonder, wow, we see that things seem not to be working well with this guy, but he's always joyful, he's always sharing, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong, he's just doing what God says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything. I pray that even as you go through difficult moments, the Lord should give you the peace of mind and then you can choose to live on the joyful side of life. Cast your anxiety upon him for he cares for you, Peter says. Trade your sorrows. There's a song, I'm trading my sorrows. I'm laying them down. So I like music, so lots of differences from different kinds of music, but I love music. So, trade your sorrows and just trust the Lord. Lay them down for the joy of the Lord. Somebody said, what a little bit every day and lose a couple of years from your life. Let that not happen to you. Jesus asked the pendant question, and which of you, by being actions, can add a single hour to his life? I think the obvious answer would be none of us. <laughs> so, let's just trust the Lord. Let's just take everything to the Lord in prayer. Let's rejoice in him. Let's pray when things seem not to be right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Can we?